welcome to JudgeCast. My name's CJ. Welcome to JudgeCast. It's already started. Level 2 no. Judge from Smart. Ah, screw it. You guys know where I'm from. This is episode <laughs> number 41. With Control us, has been lost. As always, the Prillomancer himself, Brian Prilliman. Hello, Brian. <laughs> Hello! And Brett we, was a joke about Smyrna. Smyrna, whatever. Yeah. And Brian, we have a guest with us who we is do. noisy. And famous. And famous. Would you like to introduce him? The one, the only, Raven Fox. What? Raven Fox, congratulations. Welcome. Welcome to Welcome. my podcast. Yes. Hello, Raven. Hello. Oh, wait. That's me. Raven What's Fox, up, guys? Fox. What's up? Raven Fox, Raven Fox, Raven Fox. Raven Fox, Raven Fox, Raven Fox. All right. Raven Fox. Let's get this out I'm of the way. So Jess was Jess was unable to to join us. Uh, he sent an email out earlier in the week, and he's just like, "Hey guys, this week's kind of crazy. I can podcast with you guys, like as long as it's before three p.m. Pacific time." Yeah, and it was like, and then he's, I realized that's a bit inconvenient. <laughs> Sorry, Jess. Yeah, that's uh, right. All right, Raven. Before we yes. started using your name constantly on this show, did you listen to it? You got to be honest; it's honesty time. I, I that was the first show I've heard. Actually, I didn't even know this existed. To be honest. Oh, yeah. Because actually, funny story. Because me and Jason were thinking about starting it up. Jason like, McFarland, we think about starting it up because we didn't know it was back on. And then when we looked into it, we realized that CJ was doing it. Got this. CJ is doing. And there's also. Uh, Charlotte Sable and Chris Lansdell in the Great White Tundra that is Canada. Canada's not a country. <laughs> I'm joking. Well, good work. I mean, I mean, it's it's a country for all intents and purposes. Like technically speaking, yes. <laughs> yeah, just consider it yes. like it's like a suburb of uh of uh of the UP or something. It's like the up north of North America. <laughs> it's our, it's our attic. Yeah, basically. We don't go up there very much. Kind of just yeah. store some stuff there. <laughs> it's really cold in the winter. It's so cold. So have they has has Judge Kiss North come out with a podcast in in a while? Uh, no. <laughs> no. And you know really? that. I I did know yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Then why would you say that, you jerk? Um, because <laughs> I'm a jerk. Yes, exactly. Okay. There we Noted. go. No. We were supposed to have a friendly competition, but they're not even competing I, anymore right I now. One, I guess we we drove them off the air. At we least that's it. the way. At least that's the way I'm going to tell it. Yeah. So, are they still a country, even though the southeast alone drove them off of the air? Is <laughs> Hold that on. We had Jess Dunks along too, and he's in California. Yeah. That's true. Oh, it's true. He was on. Yes. We are does... coast to coast. We are yeah. coast to coast. So they're gone. Well, you know. Well, we actually, we don't really know. What's... Yeah, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that they haven't like officially thrown in the towel. Maybe it's just hard for them to get. But together. I'm calling it. I'm calling it now. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. I'm taking their pulse. Taking their pulse. <laughs> All right. Nope. It's official. Brian Perlman says. Yeah, I took, the, I took the. I took the pulse of a podcast. I I I actually am. You know, all joking and kidding aside, a little sad. Yeah, it's kind of sad when things also, fall apart. Well, I'm imagining Chris Lansdell's comeback is going to be like, I've been on more failed podcasts than episodes of JudgeCast you've been on. Mwahaha. It's true. It is true. I can't argue that. No, you've been on a lot of failed podcasts. 
Alright, well... I'm smack-talking. Prove yeah. me wrong. Episode 5, Judge Cast North. Prove me wrong. Yeah. Come on, Judge Cast North. The Step it up. The has been thrown. I totally did not intend to start this show off attacking Judge Cast North, but now that we have... We're not attacking them. <laughs> oh, just saying that they failed, they fall, fell apart, and... No, we're trying, to, we're trying to encourage them to keep going. It's reverse psychology. Through adversity. Yeah. It's I, the whole pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of thing. Yeah, pull yourself up. Yeah. By your straps of boots. Right. That go on your boots. You know, okay, anyway. I need that kind of motivation because I have I have a lot of work to do because I'm back to level zero. Hey, me too. <laughs> You're oh, at level wait. zero too? I was hoping you would test me for L1 no, today. I can't no. do it. Crap. Raven, can you test me? Apparently L1? I gotta go get I gotta go to Germany to be tested for L1. I know. I can't even. I can't even. I can't even ask my RC to remote certify me because he's L0 also. So, oh no! The three people who don't know what we're talking about, uh, due to a bug in the Judge Center, every almost everybody has been labeled an L0. Raven, did you get how many people are not level zeros right now? Twenty-one. Twenty-one people are not level zero. Are not level zero. Not level zero. The good news is that. The database, which actually holds our levels, hasn't been messed up. It's just the interface between the Judge Center and that database. Allegedly. Allegedly. Dun-dun-dun. Otherwise, we're all going to have to start testing again, which might not be the worst idea. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually, I actually kind of agree with that. Actually. I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine with that. So so the bug, so they, they come in. The, as the story goes, so if you don't follow the, the judge list emails, they say, Judge Center's going to be down for a few hours. We're doing an upgrade. You won't be able to generate your tests during that time. <laughs> then after, it's like, hey, Judge Center's back up. And a little bit later, we've received word that somewhere between 30 to 40% of you have been marked as L0. We're working to figure out what the problem is. And then people start rushing to see if they're logging into to see if they're level 0. And they find out. Then they announce a little bit later and it's a little more serious than that. It's just going and logging on and checking to see if your L0 is what <laughs> makes you L0. Which I find hilarious. I do too. Um, and then I think I think it's even if you just – if someone just goes to your page and observes you, which is why we only have 27 judges left. But aren't we all observing them now? I don't like, know how that works. Like, how? Ah, let me go sabotage everybody. Go, go, <laughs> go fix those people. They need to, They can't – yeah, you know, be able to tout their level ones over us. I don't want them to lord. No, it. level twos first. Oh, level. Oh, yeah. Start with those bastards. <laughs> John Grant. Yeah, I'm coming after you. <laughs> John Grant. Whoever you are from Winton, Washington. I hope he's a listener. <laughs> we're call. We're calling you out because if you still have a level, that means no one's looked at you. <laughs> His last pro tour event was in 2005. Okay. okay. All right. Okay, we don't need to go through his whole history. Look him up on Facebook and let us Facebook know. Facebook stalking. Yeah. So I posted. I posted to to Facebook when the, this email came out. I posted to Facebook. You know, it's like, well, guys, turns out I've been deleveled. <laughs> it's been a good run. Thank you for all the memories. And within twenty seconds, my phone starts lighting up. <laughs> what happened? Oh, oh my! You know, OMG! All that stuff. So much fun. That's so funny. So, so Matt Williams, you totally yeah. fell for it. Ah, Billy Willie. Billy Willie. Oh, for Billy Willie. To give out some actual useful information instead of banter. No. no. If, if you do need to generate a test, you can contact uh, Andy Hecht 
Eric Shukan or and Brian Shink. And Brian Shink. If you actually are a person who still wants to actually test people, just contact them and they can make a test for you. Yeah. But beyond that, we can't do anything. I'd like to take some practice tests, but oh well. I would love to take some of those. Oh well. I would have loved to. Would, yeah. Would. You know, one thing that uh, comes up on practice tests a lot is uh, state-based actions. They do? Really? They do. <laughs> I, would, I would know because I can't see what's on practice tests anymore. Me neither. Nope. Uh, well, the reason I bring it up is because that's our main topic for this show. SBAs. Really? SBAs. State-based actions are our main topic for this episode? Sibas. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> why, are you, why are you surprised? <laughs> Whose crappy idea was that? Old man Prilliman. Old man Prilliman. Oh, what's my... Well, dude, you're supposed to, like, double-check my ideas and, like, no, 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 this is going to be... <laughs> you know, we. I'd love to talk to John Lauks every episode, but, you know, sometimes we probably need to be educational yes. to the community. So so last time, last we, we figured we'd had two, two Hugsy episodes, so yeah. two Hugsy episodes, so we needed a good... Crunchy, rules-based. Nom 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 nom. nom. It's like a granola bar of the judge program. It is. We need. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) what it is. The granola bar of the judge program. Perfect. Yeah, I plan. Sometimes they taste terrible, but they're good for you. Sometimes you get it stuck in your teeth, just like a token being phased out. I mean, you just got (laughs) out. Get rid of it. (laughs) (laughs) It Needs to cease to exist. Okay. (laughs) To help us cover state-based actions. I think we should just read them off one by one, and then everyone will know what they are. What do you guys think? Is that exciting? Very. No, it's not. That is not exciting at all. But let's start at the beginning and talk about what a state-based action is. Why don't you tell us, sir? All right, I'll tell you. State-based actions are basically how the game cleans up after itself. So, not to jump ahead here, but if a creature is a 3-3 and it has 3 damage on it... Spoilers! Spoilers! A state-based action is what comes along and says, Hey, creature, you're destroyed now. No, damage doesn't doesn't kill creatures. State-based actions do. Precisely. State-based actions. Dastardly. Hey, you know... Maybe maybe think of, think of it this way. Do you remember like the old? There was like some old uh, uh, Looney Tunes cartoons where there was like the animated the robot brooms. Oh, that's what it is. State based actions are oh. iRobot, are iRobot, or the little the little Roombas that just but those run around. Well, yeah. Oh man. But just it's like a little it's like an animated broom thing that just like when something falls on the floor and makes a mess, you know, a little light goes off and it runs out, sweeps it up into its dustpan, and then runs back and dumps it in. Oh, so it's like a little sprinkler system. Yeah, that too. What? What? Sprinkler system. When they fit something is wrong, they put it out. Oh, okay. And then it immediately resets. Yep. So when do these little um, state-based action robots? When do they come out? What what has to happen or is about state-based to happen? State-based action robots. <laughs> um, really? Uh, any time right before a player would receive priority? Okay. There's there's a set of things that happen. State-based actions are checked, and then if any state-based action happened, or any state-based actions that need to happen, they all happen simultaneously, and then the game checks again to see if there's any more state-based actions it needs to do, and it keeps doing that until it, like, runs through clean. Yeah. So an example of that could be that you have, um, 
a creature giving all your guys plus one plus one. And so say he's a he's a two two and he's giving another guy plus one plus one who is also a two two, so he's a three three now. And you pyroclasm everything doing two damage. Well first off, state based actions are gonna see the two two that is pumping everyone with two damage on it, so it's gonna destroy him. Then they check again and they'll see that the other guy is now a two two and has two damage marked on it. And so he also dies. If if they didn't check again, it would be really awkward because that guy would just be sitting there with two damage on him until the next time priority was fast. That's really weird. You you like my you like my uh, my analogy in Skype. I oh here it is. <laughs> yeah, well, I just have to cut out what we're saying right now. No, no, no. Email me. I can't. We obviously can't say this on the show, <laughs> but email me if you want to find out what it is. Your personal email. Sure, why not? All right, what is it? Bpril.mtg at gmail.com. <laughs> All right. So, All right. And then after state-based actions are checked, triggers go on the stack. Yeah. Then a player receives priority. Yeah. Bam. And once again, Bam. the reason for that is that uh, the state-based action could cause something to trigger. So we, we needed to handle all the state-based action, usually like a death trigger or something like that. We need Morbid. Morbid. Morbid is not a trigger. But, Oops. But <laughs> it's... A word, it's an ability, an ability word. word that groups everything together, and I knew exactly what he was talking about. Okay. I'm sorry that you didn't. No. Disappointed. <laughs> CJ Buzzkill Schrader. I know. Oh, I'm sorry. You say Raven. something wrong, and then I come up and correct you, and how that's a buzzkill. You know, he's just going to edit all this, all these, all this <laughs> out. I'm editing you two out. That's why I record in two tracks. I can just oh. you guys entirely. We can oh. summon this whole episode, but he's got the control. Yeah, he does. This is true. <laughs> he's gonna like, be nice. He's gonna like piece together words, and it's gonna just be us agreeing with him the whole episode. <laughs> it's like yes, yes, yes. CJ, you are absolutely right. It, okay. In the last episode, absolutely Okay, go ahead. In the last episode, John Laux asked about uh, making poop jokes, and then Brian said that if he didn't, we would edit one in, and I thought so long about if I wanted to actually go through everything John Lauk said and edit together a poop joke and then just put it in there. But I realized it would take me hours. <laughs> it probably wasn't worth it. But, but you wouldn't know because you never did it. I know. I never did it. This is why you're still hell too. But I was like, I oh. you all, all not willing to put that extra effort in there. Sean Cadenese <clears throat> done it. Sean Cadenese would have Probably not if it was a poop joke, but... He's a professional. He is. It's going to be so another one more. of those episodes, huh? It is going to be another <laughs> one of those episodes. It's state-based actions. Come on, we got to make this fun and interesting somehow. Yeah, I know. They're... Whatever. So there's 21 total state-based actions. Dun-dun-dun. And we'll go through each one. But one thing that's really confusing, because I remember the first time I looked at these, you look at the rules, and they end at 704.5W. So I was like, oh, okay. I know my alphabet. That's 23 state-based actions. There's W state-based actions. Yeah. W would be 23 letters, I think. And so that's 23. But they skip letters along the way. And I remember I was quizzing, like, my group. And I was like, no, you guys are still missing two of them. You only got 21. Oh, you are the worst. <laughs> you are a dagger. You are the daggers of all daggers. So it's, because, it's because, what is it, O... O, o and L. It looks like O and L. O and L, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it looks like it would look like fifty-one and fifty. I know now. Well, I think I told you in IRC like all them years ago. You're a little baby Schrader. Oh, baby Schrader. Oh, baby Schrader. It's like a Muppet baby. Oh, still is a Muppet baby. He is. Muppet this baby is, Schrader. This is. 
<laughs> no control, no control, CJ. You thought it was bad with just me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I got nothing else to say beyond yeah. <laughs> I can't say any other words. All right, first team-based action. Yes. Woo. There are actually three. The first three are thematically tied together, dealing with player death. No, not death. No. If a player, this one's probably the one that everyone's most familiar with. If a player has zero or less life, he or she loses the game. Dun, dun, dun. No, death. So, pretty self-explanatory, right? One yep, of the first yep. things everybody learns. Okay. What's next? Somebody do B. If a player attempted to draw a card from a library with no cards in it since the last time state-based actions were checked, he or she loses the game. Mm-hmm. Or basically drawing on an empty library. So the only relevant thing here is it's not a game loser to have uh, no cards in your library. I think a lot of newer players confuse that. But the moment you try to draw when you have no cards in your library, you're going to lose that game. And if if like if you have zero life and you're able to somehow you know play something that prevents you from from losing the game, platinum angel. Yeah, like a like a platinum angel. Um, the second that platinum angel is gone, you're gonna you know state based actions are gonna be checked again and you're gonna die to zero. But if you've got a platinum angel out and you attempt to draw from an empty library, you don't die. And then platinum angel, if the platinum angel goes away, you know it's not like that's still sitting out there, hanging out there, anything like that. Yep. Yeah, that's so perfect. We're going to see another one like that a little bit later on, dealing with creature damage. Oh. Bum, 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 foreshadowing. Yep. That's exactly what it is. Foreshadowing. Raven, you have right. You're poisonous. Read this next one. I am poisonous. All right. If a player has 10 or more poison counters, he or she loses the game. Ignore this rule in two out of giant games. Okay, I will. But why? Because we'll get to that later. Now let's just talk about it now. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about it now. Because the rule is right. 15 counters. In because in 2 as Giant, the rule is 15 counters, which is in 704.5U. Yep. What? 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 15 counters? Insanity! Yeah, yeah, it's like cheating if it's just that one. That's a more recent change, isn't it? It used to be yeah. for the longest time. Yeah, and by recent, we mean like a year? Yeah. Yeah. Anything that's that still happens kind of while I'm a judge. Like yeah. Do you consider a year ago recent? Yes, yeah. old man Preliman. Yeah. You're old. That's still a significant portion of my lifespan, unlike yours. Oh. What is it for you? Like oh. a percent? Well, yes, then, then it should be recent for me. You're doing it backwards. It should okay, be. that's fair. No, that's you. fair. Shut it up. is. That's Look, fair. Logic. Defeated <laughs> by logic. I can math. Your advanced wisdom has gotten me. <laughs> Read the All next right. one. If a token is phased out or is in a zone other than the battlefield, it ceases to exist. Yep. All right. So, so we we know that tokens actually go to the graveyard. You can exile tokens. They actually go there, and then state-based actions are checked. They go poof. So wait, so somebody puts my token creature on top of my library, I can't draw that token again? Oh, or if you have to shuffle a token into your library, it's in there for a little bit of time, and then it goes... But if you need priority for the token to stop existing, why, when I flicker my token, doesn't it just come back and the state-based action never grabs it? Because there's another rule 
that says tokens can't enter the battlefield. What is it? It's uh, if they if they leave the battlefield from somewhere, they can't enter back. What's the what's the exact wording? Ah, it doesn't matter. That's it's but a it good can't... summary. It can't come back. It just can't come back. I, it can't phase back in. It can't come back through any means. It is not here. Which it's kind of it's kind of weird with the change of of phasing to like no longer no longer leaving changing zones or or whatnot. Why they don't allow that? I guess it's just like an old rules like maintaining uh, original functionality. Yeah, I guess so. Makes sense. So the next the oh, next well. uh, state based action is pretty similar. It's uh, if a copy of a spell is in a zone other than the stack, it ceases to exist. If a copy of a card is in any zone other than the stack or the battlefield, it ceases to exist. So it's basically saying instead of a token, which is normally a creature, uh, a copy of a spell, which is normally a nothing. So if I, so if I cast Vincer Shaper Savant to return a spell to your hand, and that's a copy of a spell, it does it like it it goes to your hand and then ceases to exist. Yes. Oh no! Just like tokens. Just like mm-hmm. tokens. Or so somebody remanded the copy of my spell. No. And a <laughs> copy of a card in a need zone other than the stack. I, I like to refer to this this state based action as the Isochron Scepter state based action. <laughs> yes. I can't think of any other places where it applies. Sure. Alright. Raven, what is this party you have going on? Do you just have a party going on around you at all times? Is that it? All times. I am the party. Yeah. And you just got like an entourage maybe? A little bit. Well, read, <laughs> read. <laughs> just read the next state-based action for us, Raven. All right. If a creature has toughness zero or less, it is put into its owner's graveyard. Regeneration can't replace this event. Dun, dun, dun. So this is this is one of the the things that people are, you know we say, hey, uh, uh, you've got your dark steel colossus and you bring its toughness down you know you hit it with a with a tragic slip or something like that with it's that morbid yeah it slipped and so it's a, is it a, a, le, a minus two minus two it's not destroyed it's just straight up picked up and put into the owner's graveyard done yep in story it's gone End of story but similarly speaking if a creature has toughness greater than zero and the total damage marked on it is greater to than or equal to its toughness that creature has been dealt lethal damage and is destroyed. So regeneration, you can regenerate from that because it is actual destruction. That's just basically, you know, having damage on a creature. The first thing I said when we started talking about SBA is having cre- damage on a creature, it gets destroyed. You can regenerate if you want to, but yeah. otherwise it's dead. It's my party. I regenerate if I want to. <laughs> there we go. All right. If a creature has toughness greater than zero, and has been dealt damage by a source with death touch since the last time state... Be- oh, since the last time state-based actions were checked. That- the last time state-based actions were checked. Right. That creature is destroyed. So, yeah. if I have a creature uh, equipped with... Basilisk Collar. I was going to say the the Helm of Cauldron. Is that the one that gives... Uh, the Shield of Cauldron. That gives yeah. the indestructibility. So the creature is equipped with the Shield of Cauldra. It is indestructible. I ping it with a Prodigal Sorcerer with Basilisk Collar. So 1-1 one, one Death Touch. You know, I just ping one point of Death Touch damage. So it's got one damage marked on it. And then I remove 
the sword, uh, the shield, rather, creature doesn't die. You know, if I remove it sometime later, because it, even though it was dealt a point of damage with a uh, by a creature with death touch, it had indestructibility, so it wasn't destroyed. And then later, when the shield was removed, stabius actions don't care. It just has that one damage marked on it, like it loses its specialness after yep. stabius actions are checked that first time. That makes a lot of sense, sir. Yep. Shut up. You asked that one a lot better than I did on a previous show. I kept floundering trying to get rid of the indestructibility. Did we just, did we do that on a previous show? I it might have been mine and Jess's first show actually. It might have been before you were on. Doesn't exist then. I talked about that. <laughs> hey. What? Come on. It'll be fine. Nothing exists before him. Nope. The uh the next two are kind of planeswalker cleanup rules. Raven, you're a planeswalker. How about you read these? You also have loyalty of a hundred. I do. If a planeswalker has loyalty zero, it is put into its owner's graveyard. Yep. So once again, you can't regenerate in case you have a Gideon as so, a creature. It's, and then... yeah. it's not it's not a destroy effect. It's just pick it up, put it in the graveyard. It's it's like uh like morphing a creature and transforming a creature. Same physical action, different things. Sure. That's true. How about the next one? The next one, if two or more planeswalkers that share a planeswalker type are on the battlefield, all are put into their owner's graveyard. This is called the planeswalker uniqueness rule. Yeah. Or I usually hear it as the planeswalker legend rule or something like that. Something incorrect? Yeah, something incorrect. Uh, Speaking of the legend rule, let's go ahead and read off that one too because it's the next one. If two or more legendary permanents with the same name are on the battlefield, all are put in the owner's graveyards. This is called the legend rule. If only one of those permanents is legendary, this rule doesn't apply. Oh, that's awkward. So let's talk about this a little bit. First off, there is a slight difference between the Planeswalker uniqueness rule and the legendary rule. The Planeswalker rule requires the two Planeswalkers to have the same subtype, the same Planeswalker type. Planeswalker Johnny. Yeah. Planeswalker Jace. So if you have a Johnny Vengeant and a Johnny Goldmane out, they are both going to get put into their owner's graveyards. It's going to be paradox, some sort of like space-time continuum. Old Jace meets young Jace, and bad things happen. Cats and dogs living together. I know. Pandemonium. That's a. Big, that's a yep. They cannot do that. No. That's impossible, sir. <laughs> However, with the uh, legendary rule, it needs the two permanents to have the same name. Not. It doesn't care about type. It doesn't care about anything else. So, an example of that was, you could have Kamal Fist of Karuza out, and then also have Kamal Pit Fighter out, uh, both at the same time. And the game's like, yep, that's fine. Even though they're technically the same story character, the rules just don't see them as the same legendary it's, permanent. It's, it's like, well, no, you're summoning from different, uh, like, infinite universes. Yeah, different different eons. That is where you're summoning. Here you go. Um, actually, guys, Kamal Fist of Croza had a change of heart and became Kamal Pit Fighter. This isn't a... But it's from different eons. No, no it's it's different... It's it's different point in the infinite choices of all universes. I I got the Kamal uh, Fist of Croza from the one where he had Fruit Loops for breakfast instead of Cheerios. This yep. Is, so not the same time one. Spiral. There's not different storylines. This is... They have Brute Loops in Times Square, okay, we, we are such having a nerd fight right now. I have read every novel. No one cares about your nerdiness. <laughs> I know, wow. And I will tell wait, you... Wait, is that, are you bragging? Is that something that you're bragging about? Yeah, I, I am. I'm going to go start that... a story podcast where I'm appreciated. I don't really understand how you can brag about having read every magic novel. 
I kind of look at that and say, like, well, those wasted hours. It's a lot of them, because most of them I've read more than once. (laughs) You know what you could have been doing instead? What? Learning your lesson the first time. (laughs) 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 I read those books. That book was horrible. Let me read it again to make sure it was really bad. (laughs) It's only the more recent ones that are really bad. Here's the thing. We're already halfway through the SBA, so we're looking to have this be a reasonable length podcast. So we're just going to fill it with banter. We got Raven. What's reasonable here. length? I don't know. Under two hours. Last one was two hours. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so this next one is a fun one, though, because it was around when I started playing. But I don't think a lot of people even know it existed. Brian, you're old. You read it. So this this was when I when I went to my first event and like the Michael Fortino was following me around. He was like, name five state-based effects because they were called state-based effects back then. And because I'd been playing for a while, I was like, I started with like poison and the enchant, uh, the enchant world one. And he was just (laughs) looking at me like, what are you doing? (laughs) Why are you starting with these old ones? And I was, um, so if two or more permanents have the super type world, that's right. World is a super type. All except the one that has been a permanent with the world super type on the battlefield the shortest amount of time are put on the on their owner's graveyard. In the event of a tie for the shortest amount of time, all are put in their owner's graveyards. This is called the world rule. The world rule. Yeah. So basically, this is sort of like the legend rule. Now, where where uh, I use a I can I can play a legend to destroy the other one of the same time or not destroy I'm sorry Whoa. <laughs> oh. get, rid, get rid of other legends in this case if you have an enchant world out I can play my enchant world and blow up your enchant world and I still get to keep mine it's sort of like plane chase only bad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in a lot of ways, they say this was the precursor to playing Jace, but this wasn't they, very fun. Because they are. I mean, they're, they're kind of oh, like, they were yeah. supposed to be enchantments. There was only supposed to be one. Uh, it's a world enchantment, so it's like, you play yours, you go to from one world, you play the next one, you leave that world, and you go to the other one. So, eh. the Abyss, that's an enchant world, right? Uh, there's one way to find out. Dun, dun, dun. The Abyss. There's not many. There's only one Abyss. Well, there's an Abyssal Horror. Yeah, the Abyss. It's a world enchantment. Yeah, it is a world enchantment. Yeah. Let's hop back to Legends for a second. Because it has that little exception of if only these, if, if only one of the two permanents is legendary, this rule doesn't apply. Does anyone have an example of how to even make that happen? We have two guys with the same name, but only one of them is legendary? Hmm. I have no idea how to make that happen. Well, uh, that dude, that dude from the unset with the, whose name is blank. All right, you got it. <laughs> I guess that works. <laughs> that is an example. Because you can't even have like, uh, like I. Well, how about this? Nothing. How about this? The rule itself says if two or more legendary permanents with the same name, blah blah blah. However, if one of those two legendary permanents isn't legendary, which is like, wait a second, you just started off with, there are two. And then you say, if one of those two isn't really one of them, then you're fine. Yeah, I have no idea how to do do that. Anyway, 
probably some right. Send us an email. Yeah, send us an email if you know how to do it. I'd love to hear it because I cannot figure out a way to have two guys with the same name. Because you can't even like even color changing abilities. Like you can't change Black Knight to White Knight by using one of those text changing abilities. Yeah, you can't. You can't even change. Like normally, if you change the type of a of a card, you know, it loses its previous types. Uh But super types, you can't. If you just give something a super type, it actually adds it. It doesn't replace. That's true. So you'd have to like. Well, there is a there is an artifact that makes something legendary. I forgot what it was called. There is there because I could do it. Yeah. Oh, and what? No, Genjo of the Realms. What's that? Genjo of the Realms. Genjo of the Realms? Yeah. Genjo of the Realms. Because it says Enchanted Land, Enchanted Land becomes a, legend, a legendary 812 spirit creature with trample. Oh, there you go. So its name would be Spirit, and you could have some other 1 1 spirit token. No, its name, sh- name should be the same, right? It just becomes a legendary creature. Oh, man, you're Enchanted right. Enchanted Land becomes a legendary spirit okay, creature. Okay, sorry. So, what so you're therefore, saying, all the other mountains wouldn't die. Or yeah. Oh, look at you. Okay, yeah. you got it. Here we go. This is why we had him on. He finally, wow. finally did it. <laughs> yes. Let's say that you put it on the land, and then that land stops being a land. What would happen? Oh, I see where you're going. <laughs> uh, you dirty, dirty man. It's an enchant land. It's an aura. That's enchanted to an illegal object or player. Yes. No, because it says enchant land. That is our next state-based action. If an aura is on anything illegal, state-based actions come along and clean that up. They'll detach it. Or, no, I'm sorry, they just put it into the owner's graveyard. So if you have uh, an enchantment that says, oh, say, enchant green creature, and it's enchanting your pretty green creature, and your pretty green creature starts be- stops being a pretty green creature and starts being a pretty blue creature for some reason, that enchantment's going to fall off. Yep. yep. And go into the graveyard. Welcome to 704.5N. Oh, boy. And very related to that, if an equipment or fortification is attached to an illegal permanent, it becomes unattached from that permanent. Same thing. But it'll stay on the battlefield. It doesn't go to the graveyard. But beyond that, if what? Also, protection. Yeah, protection is a way to make something illegal. That is true. Yep. So if you have a guy, uh, just some 2-2, and he's equipped, and you give him protection from artifacts, that equipment is going to fall off and sit there on the battlefield and look sad. Yep. Cool. How is that? Wait, a, a fortification? <laughs> what's, what's that? That's so I've got, I know what an aura is, and I know what an equipment is, but what's a fortification? Well, a fortification... Is that like a, con, is that like a contraption? No. It's an equipment for land. What was the what? name of it? Darksteel... Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know either. Garrison? It's one of them future sites, maybe. Yeah, there it is. Darksteel Garrison. That's the only... Did we lose Raven? I'm back. That's you. I didn't know you left. Oh. <laughs> we lost the background noise. The party, the Raven Fox party. Yeah. Raven Fox, Raven it must Fox, have been. Raven Fox. But Darksteel Garrison, that's the only fortification in existence. Really? For now. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. Foreshadow, probably not. <laughs> I like this next one. Uh, if a creature is attached to an object or player, it becomes unattached and remains on the battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> Related to that, if a permanent that's neither an aura, an equipment, nor a fortification is attached to an object or player, it becomes unattached and remains on the battlefield. So if you somehow get your creatures attached to or, anything, 
you just you you have an equipment attached to something and then it stops being uh, uh, an equipment then sure. it just kind of falls off you make it a creature somehow maybe. you make it a, you oh sorry if you have an equipment and then you turn it into a creature it drops off because yep. the game really doesn't understand what to do with a creature equipped to uh, uh, another creature yeah that's why uh, bludgeon brawl says non creature non creature artifacts I think there's a lot of these state based actions are just kind of like we really don't want to think about how the game's going to handle this, so just... <laughs> We're just yeah, just just make it illegal. Let's just, just no. clean it up. Speaking of cleaning things up... Yes? If a permanent has both a plus one, plus one counter and a minus one, minus one counter on it, uh, they explode each other. They explode each other? Yeah, they explode each other. So, so if I have if I have three plus one plus one counters and two minus one minus one counters, we're we're gonna take off the two minus one minus ones and two of the plus one plus ones, and we're just left with a plus one plus one. Yeah. Yay! Now, interesting note though, this only applies to plus one plus one counters. If you play with older cards and you say, let's say I've plus got I've got an armor throw, and I sack it and I get my plus one plus zero uh, plus one plus two token or plus one plus two counter on a creature and then I later give it a minus one minus one counter that doesn't mean I get a plus Z I'm left with a plus zero plus one counter <laughs> correct <laughs> or I've got a plus two plus two counter and a minus two minus two counter they don't explode each other no no they these, these newfangled simple counters dumbing down the game I know. Dumb it down the game. What a shame. I I I really like this next state based action. I guess I like I enjoy state based actions this more than this favorite state based action. Well, this is the one that almost What's no one f- ever knows. Oh, so okay. this one in the world one, I think. If a permanent with an ability that says it can't have more than encounters of a certain kind on it has more than encounters of that kind on it, all but n of those counters are removed from it. So. Do you guys know? Because as far as I know, this Rasputin only applies Dreamweaver. to one card, and that is Rasputin Dreamweaver. Yep, it is the only one. Um, it also applies to... Nope. I think... Does, what, what's the... Frexing Devourer? No, there's a there's a card that can't have counters placed on it. Oh, Tatterkite? Mm. Tatterkite. You can't... You can't even put them on there? Yeah, you. I don't think you could ever get them on there. Well, Rasputin says he can't have more than seven counters on him. Yeah, but he doesn't say he can't have seven more than seven counters. Like he would he say says, something like card text Rasputin can't have more than seven dream counters on him. I understand, but it I think it had to be worded something like if a counter would have been more than the seventh, it can't be placed on Rasputin. Something like that. Well then if it can't apply to Tatterkite, then it can't apply to Rasputin Dreamweaver either. That's true. Tatterkite has different wording. It says it can't have counters placed on it. They can never be placed. And Rasputin says I can't So can I module no? Well, otherwise, then why do we even have the state-based action? I don't know. Like, I don't I think it's possible know. to ever put a counter on Tatterkite. No, you can't. I'm just trolling. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Hey, well, check out this ruling, though. If a number of dream counters we put on Rasputin Dreamweaver for any reason that would bring the total number of dream counters on it to eight or more, the total number of dream counters on it is brought to seven instead. Oh, here we go. This is how you do it. If a permanent with eight or more dream counters on it become a copy of Rasputin Dreamweaver or just gains its last ability, all dream counters except seven are removed from it as a state-based action. Then it would work on Tatterkite. So though. it would work on Tatterkite, yeah. Uh-huh. 
if something became a copy of Tatterkite? Ooh, I don't know, though. Because, once again, Tatterkite can't have counters placed on it, versus Rasputin can't have more than seven dream counters on it. Plus, the SBA... The SBA says, well, Tatterkite can't even enter the battlefield with counters on it. Right. The SBA actually says it can't have more encounters of a certain kind on it. Tatterkite's just all counters. Yep. So... So you guys are right. You can't place more than seven on Rasputin directly, but if you got a guy who somehow has eight dream counters on him, and make him a copy of Rasputin, and ignore the legend rule, this state-based action applies. Are we good? We good. sure. This will be great for those L1 tests out there. I'm sure it's going to pop up all over the place. Oh, yeah, get ready for it. Yeah, yeah. Nina has a Rasputin Dreamweaver. <laughs> <laughs> what crap cackling counterpart oh. Adele has wizard adept with anyway Shakashima, Sakashima the imposter yeah. with 12 dream counters on her alright Okay. oh we get some two headed giant ones yay yeah. we are basically already past all of the important yeah now actions. now we're just into the silly ones and, and oh and we're saving the best for last and oh yeah best we are I, and by best I mean WTF. Um, in a two-headed giant game, if a team has... Hey, we already did this one. Right. I did. Oh, no, no, we didn't. We did the poison one. Yeah. You if a two-headed giant... If a team has zero or less life, that team loses. Yep. Shocker. Which um, seems, really? Actually, yes. yeah, it seems pretty unnecessary because there's the rule that if a player has zero, li- zero or less life, he or she loses the game, and your life total is the team's life total. Then there's also the rule that if any head of a two-headed giant dies... The other head dies too. Yep. And, Whatever. <laughs> and when Tweedle Beetles fight, it's called a Tweedle Beetle battle. Yes. Um, in a two at a giant, uh, that's poison counters. All right. Yeah, in, a, in a commander game. Commander. This, one, this one's probably actually more relevant than the two at a giant poison. <laughs> in a commander game, a player that's been dealt 21 or more combat damage by the same commander over the course of the game loses the game. Dun, dun. Dum, dum, dum. So the only important thing there is it has to be the same commander. So if you're getting attacked by two different commanders, I had a hard time with this when I first started playing EDH, but I got it now, boss. No problem. Well, that's good. Well, since Proud you got you. this one, can you do you got the next one? <laughs> I do. You want me to read it for you? Sure, go for it. All right. And an arch, arch enemy, arch enemy, arch enemy, arch enemy, arch enemy game. If a nun ongoing done, team already done, no, <laughs> no, you... is face up in the command zone, and it isn't the source of a triggered ability that has triggered but not yet left the stack, that scheme card is turned face down and put on the bottom of its owner's scheme deck. How does Arch Enemy work? Does it have a, an additional triggered ability at the start of the upkeep that reveals the top scheme card? Is that it? It's it's basically I th- I th- I think I I'm king casual and yet I've refused to learn how arch enemy works. <laughs> um, basically, I think if it's if you flip it over and it's like a one it's a it's a one shot deal. Yeah. Then you, it's it's triggers on the stack and then once it's triggers on the stack, you just put it on the bottom. It's turned face down and put it on the bottom of its owner steam deck. I well, think it looks like you have to wait on the triggered ability to leave the stack before you. Put it on the bottom. Isn't the source... Wait, if a non-ongoing scheme card is face-up in the command zone... Isn't the source of a triggered ability... Isn't the source of a triggered ability that has triggered, but not... Let's see if the stack... 
So so it's triggered, but it's not resolved. Right. Oh, but it isn't the source. So I think that mean I think what this means is basically I flip open a scheme card and I leave it flipped up and revealed until my next turn when I would reveal the next one. Why are we I, even? Why are we even? I think, I think we got to figure out how the arch enemy cards actually work. Yeah, we, I actually don't know. I and I was it. playing. I honestly never played a game. This is this is the worst. I was Why playing talking? Arch Enemy on uh, Duels of the Planeswalkers earlier today, but it's not exactly the best for learning rules. So <laughs> I, I don't think we should be playing reading okay, this so one. I'm just making things up right now because I'm thinking of a non-ongoing scheme card. So I'm guessing they're one shot. I don't know. Send us an email. Tell us how this works. Please do. No, I don't. Please. I don't care about we that got one. Six levels of judges, and we're just like. I don't even think. I don't think that it's that we can't figure out how it works. Just, we just don't care. Oh yeah, any one of us could see rules nine hundred four arch enemy. I mean, it says it right here in the SBA. But no, nope, I'm blind to irrelevant yeah, things. None of us are going to do it. So <laughs> let's uh, move on. Did I just so hear a just... swear word in the background, Raven Fox? No. All Raven right. That word. And not Raven. One of his entourage. Yep. Dead uh, degenerate. So there's oh. only one more. That's all the state-based actions. And all right. Dun, dun, dun. Question time. Okay. Uh-oh. All right. So say I have this Gideon, right? Okay. He activated, right? Yeah, yeah. And then I lightning bolt his Gideon. What happens? The damage is prevented. No. So it doesn't lose loyalty counters? No. But why not? That's so broken. Because it said the damage is prevented. Gideon says that. I know, but I thought it was just... Okay, that's cool. What does that have to do with state-based action? It goes back up to the Planeswalker loyalty zero or not. Made me think about it. So Gideon, three counters. Had me worried. I was like, wait, is there a trick? Where is he trying to lead us? Yeah, I didn't know. The normal question is combust. You combust it, and then the damage can't be prevented. And then what happens in that situation? What does happen? Calling you out. You tell me. So he's a, was he, a 6-6 six, six and Combust does 5 damage? Yeah, yep. but it can't be prevented. And it can't be prevented, then you are removing loyalty counters and damages being marked on the creature. Yep. At the same time. At the same time. So he's probably got, like, 6 loyalty counters on him still, so he's going to go down to 1 loyalty counter. What's Gideon, a 6-6? Six, six? Yep. Yep. So he's got, so he's, so he's 1 loyalty counter and he's got 5 damage marked on him. And then we tell him to lose some hope. Lose some hope. Yeah, lose hope. The black card. All right. Is it the counter spell or lose five life? No, that's dash hopes. Oh. Lose yeah. hope. Target creature gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. Well, there we go. Why couldn't you use the slip, the tragic slip? <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> I forget that card. Exists. Uh, lose hope is so, so much more narrow. So, <laughs> there's, there's one more rule about SBAs that I... I guess we should talk about... I mean, I guess it would come up slightly more often than the world enchantment one. But uh, I'll just read the rule and we'll try to describe it best we can. Uh, So if multiple state-based actions would have the same result at the same time, a single replacement effect would replace all of them. What does this mean? The only way I can describe this is to use literally literally the example that was in the uh, comprehensive rules. So it just says... If you have something like Lich's Mirror, which says, if you would lose the game, instead shuffle your hand, your graveyard, and all permanents you own into the library, then draw seven cards, and your life total becomes 20. So, then you also have one card in your library, and your life total is one. Then you sign and blood yourself, 
saying you're going to draw two cards and lose two life. So you have two state-based actions there. One saying, hey, you need to lose because you drew a card off the top of your... Uh, you drew a card when you had an empty library. Another one saying, hey, you need to lose because you have no life. This rule says that one single replacement effect can replace the whole deal because the both state-based actions are having the same end result, which is you losing the game. True. True. <laughs> sure. What about... <laughs> what about... I regenerate my land war elf after it's been dealt one point of damage from a creature with death touch. Yeah. Yeah. That applies, doesn't it? That's a way better example. Yep. That's uh, actually a creature easier to understand. Yeah, that's way better. <laughs> Why does he use his lick mirror? Because that's funner. Yeah, because he's got one damage marked on him and he's got the death touch. They both result in destruction. So regenerate replaces both of them. Yep. Wow. I don't have to regenerate twice. It even says so in the in the rule for the state-based action. Regeneration can replace this event. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just I was just gonna let you go and blah blah blah. Lich's mirror. Blah blah. Draw cards. Blah blah. Irrelevant. Uh, <laughs> you're just going. You're just taking the scenic route. And Prelimit just want to look like a hero. I just read what was on. In the CR, you know, whatever. I got some <laughs> questions I want to talk about real quick. All right. All right. Some examples for state-based actions. So, uh, one is say I have Morrow, and Morrow's power and toughness are each equal to the number of cards in my hand, and I cast Wheel of Time, which has me discard my hand. Wheel of Time. Wheel of Wheel Fortune. Of Robert, Robert Wheel Jordan of, books. That's your fault for talking about it earlier. Wheel of Fortune, which says each player discards his or her hand and then draws seven cards. So there's a moment here. Where I have zero cards in hand. After I've no, discarded, Mara before I've drawn. Great, Morrow's dead. And Morrow's dead. Zero, 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 dead. zero. Gone. Put him in the graveyard. Yep, graveyard. Put him in the graveyard. Right but now. when we're not sassing, because, <laughs> <laughs> because state based actions are only checked when we would receive priority, and you don't receive priority in the middle of a spell resolving, uh, you, re- you receive it after the spell resolves. Who has priority in the middle of the spell? You can't. Then that Morrow's going to be A-OK. He's going to be a 7-7. He's looking great. <laughs> he, like, dusts himself off. Yeah. <laughs> what, you thought I was dead? No, son. I'm the great R&D Morrow. Nope. <laughs> he lives to design the card. I also have Young Wolf and Black Sun Zenith written down here, but we can't. We've gone over that every show so far. Oh, really? with, the, with the plus one, plus one counters and minus one, minus one counters? Yes. Well, let's go over it one more time. All right. So, say Young Wolf has undyed, so it's a it's a 1-1 one, one with Young a plus Jeezy. one, plus one counter on it. His name is Young Jeezy. Young Jeezy has un- undyed. You cast Black Sun Zenith with X equal to 2, putting two minus one, minus one counters on the Young Wolf. This is a situation where we have multiple state-based actions all happening at once. Uh, there's actually a rule for this. We didn't, we didn't read it, but uh, it just reads... If multiple state-based actions would have the same result at the same... No, that's the one I just read. No, we read this We read this when we were going over state-based actions. So the game does, when it sees that it... When it runs through this list of state-based actions and sees that there's multiple state-based actions that need to be done, it performs all of them simultaneously. Yep. Blam. Yep. Then, the it, then it checks to see if it needs to do state-based actions again. And if there's any that needs to be done, all the ones that are remaining, simultaneous, blam. And it keeps doing that. Until so there's nothing left to clean. Until there's nothing left. Yes. Yep. So we have we have Young Wolf 
at one point it has uh, uh, when when the spell finishes resolving, it has a plus one plus one counter on it. It has two minus one minus one counters on it. State based actions see two things. One, I need to make the counters go explode, and I have a zero zero. Uh, I have a creature with zero toughness that needs to be put into the graveyard. He need that. State based actions resolve immediately. So we go from in one instance a wolf with a mess of counters on him. Plus one, plus ones, and minus one, minus ones. Then the next then the next instance we have dead wolf, dead girl off the table. And we have dead wolf in the graveyard with no counters on it. Trigger, trigger, trigger. So it went from play. here we go. So it went from <laughs> when it when it Right before the moment, right before it went to the graveyard, it had uh, a plus one plus one counter on it, so you don't get your undying again. Right, right. There is a rule yep. for this, though. I'll read it to you if you want. Sure. Okay. If a state-based action results in a permanent leaving the battlefield at the same time other state-based actions were performed, that permanent's last known information, i.e., what counters were on it is derived from the game state before any of those state-based actions were performed. And all that is is a more technical way of saying what Brian just said. Yep. And probably a clearer way, too. I mean, I don't really think you'd necessarily need that rule. Yeah, some rules are just there to be clear, because you probably don't, but... You probably could figure that out. You know, speaking, speaking of clear rules... Um, in an arch enemy game, if a non-ongoing scheme card is face up in the command zone and isn't the source of a triggered ability that has triggered but not yet left the stack, blah blah blah. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh. wow! So, so sleepy. I know. All right, All right. I, got, I got one more example. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I want to sleep. Oh. This one's very similar to the Morrow one, though. But say you're at three life and you lightning helix, which deals three damage and you gain three life to yourself, you die. Or you live. <laughs> and that's because the Lightning Helix will deal three damage to you, put you at zero life briefly, then you gain the three life. And so when state-based actions are checked, you are still at three life. So no problem there. Something Other similar, than you need to really consider your skill at this game. You're like, I no. Lightning Helix myself. You have Sanguine Bond and then that new one from Avacyn Restored, and you want to set your combo off that will kill your opponent. Sucker. Oh, okay, well then it's all fine. Yeah, then. that's fine. Uh, yeah, so compare that to, say, you put Healing Solve on the stack, you're going to gain three life, and then you bolt yourself, and you're at three, you're going to lose that game, because the bolt's going to resolve, dealing three damage to you, you're going to go to zero life, players get priority, and between spells resolving on the stack, so you're both going to uh-huh. get priority, but before you guys do, state-based actions will be checked, and you're going to die with your Healing Solve on the stack. Oh well, should have cast it the other way. Should have cast it, son. I got a, I got a, I got another question. Okay. Do you think after Sean hears this episode, he's going to take Judge Cast away from us? No. <laughs> okay. Why? Why would he do what? that? Because we are just so rambly this episode. Yeah, it's not that. It's, it's a lot shorter than the last one. It is a lot shorter. I mean, this topic's very straightforward. Very straightforward. All right. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, well, we, I think we got some good info. <laughs> I like how long we talked about Rasputin, though. Like, I mean, about that fun a than nerd else. fight over over Rasputin. And Tatterkite. Tatterkite. Did you know Kamal's sister is Jessica, who became uh, a Chroma? Oh, no. Chroma? Yes. Yeah. I tried to kill people with Phage all the time. 
But then somebody living death me, and I never play Phage again. Oh, it's a sad story. Yeah. Did you guys have anything else you want to? No, add? hold up. But if you really want to, I mean, you should like, you should try and build another deck with Phage in it. She probably makes an awesome commander. Oh, she'll be great. You just need um that card that creatures entering the battlefield can't cause triggers to trigger. Wait, but I'd die if Phage was a commander. Whoa. What? No. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah, a whole lot. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. You're the worst. <laughs> I am. I'll accept that. Unless you use the card I just said, then you're set. Unless you use Torpor Orb. Torpor Orb, thank you. All right, yeah. Anything else for state-based actions? Um, no. Uh, uh, nope. All right. Yep, that's a complete list of them. There are no more beyond that. If you so, think something is a state-based action and it's not in this list, it's not a state-based action. Slight, slightly, slightly amusing story. Okay. Uh, when I when I was uh, uh, teaching uh, Deb Freeland this stuff, she asked one of the things that she wanted to that she needed to go over, and I was like, "Well, we're probably going to need to go over state-based actions. You really need to know those backwards and forwards." And she's like, "Okay, state-based actions, got it." And then like the next day, she's like, "Okay, st- let's go over state-based actions." I was like, "You got them?" And she's like, "Yeah." I was like, okay, so what did you, what did you, what did you learn? And she was like, well, I learned them backwards and forwards. And I was like, okay, what's that mean? And she listed me all the state-based actions. I was like, great. She's like, now do you want to hear them backwards? And I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I guess. And then so she read them. She just gave them to me backwards in order. Yeah. And she's all smug because she's like, you said learn them backwards and forwards, so I learned them backwards and forwards. Deb may be the smartest person I've ever met in my life. Like, literally, the smartest person. She's incredibly, incredibly gifted. Raven, do you know what we do when we have a guest on and we're about to move into the mailbag? Nope. You have to say mailbag in the most high-pitched, obnoxious voice you can. How about this? Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to well. Mail! Wait, did you, is this some song I don't know, or did you steal that from John Lauks from last week? Well, that's it. No, it's Blue's Clues. Blue's Clues? Yeah. All right, I didn't get the reference then either. I just thought he came up with it on the fly. No, it's because he no, it's you... Blue's Clues. You didn't have a childhood, did you? I'm not. Shredder? A, I'm either not a child or don't have a child, which is you two. I said you never had a childhood. I didn't watch Blue's Clues. I watched CJ. Yeah. CJ? CJ? Yes? Let me ask you an honest question now. All right. How many dolls do you have in your house right now? I have. <laughs> Of over forty five dollars in my house right there now. There we go. All right. I don't want to, nothing about your childhood. I don't play with them. Well, not now, guys. I'd like to read you this email, from Eric Tremblay, if you would. Tremblay. Okay. Here it goes. Hey guys, there's been this rash of people cc'ing JudgeCast North with when they email us. I don't know why. I guess they want double the answers. I mean, when we reply, it's already right. There's no need for anyone else. He says, hey, guys, I need a ruling because I'm in a tough spot and not sure how to call it. Uh, they have a six-team tournament, which is two-headed giant in a Strahd block format. One team realized after their first match that one player had four ponders from M12. Uh, they realized, hey, this is lame. We're not supposed to have these in. This was between round one and two. So now the team that lost to them in round one are crying wolf and want the win. Um, meanwhile, the card was never played or even showed in the in his hand. And then Eric went on to say that he gave the team the win, but told him to take out the cards and double-check the legality of his deck and all that kind of thing. 
he also goes on to say that he ne- since it was a very small tournament, never asked for deck lists, which was probably a big mistake on my part. I did, however, check all decks during the tournament, and nothing else seemed out of place deck-wise. Thoughts? Thanks. So, he doesn't say if this is regular REL or not, uh, but I assume it is because it was two-headed giant. Mm-hmm. We generally don't play that at competitive. Uh, the one thing I, I want to mention before I throw it off to you guys is it's very rare for a regular REL tournament to have deck lists. I mean, it's just... It's not, it's not going to happen. It's just not worth it's it. It's unnecessary hassle. Yeah. So, basically, we have this regular REL tournament. The guy has four ponders in his deck, and it's a block tournament for Innistrad. How do you handle this? Raven. Oh. Oh. Brian. Brian. Fine. Uh, <laughs> I In the reply to him, I was like, at regular, uh, I'd just pull the ponders out of the deck uh, if they're in the main and replace them with basic lands. Uh, and then if they're in the sideboard, I'd replace them with basic lands too. So I kind of understand that the other the other team is is upset, and you know they they want the they want the the game loss because that is in a way kind of sort of what you would expect to happen at a competitive level event. Right. However, the well, first off, the match is over. You know, and at regular, we really don't give game losses for things that, you know, we give game losses if you're if you're over 10 minutes tardy, and then we give game losses for repeated uh, uh, infractions. You know, if this was if this was just like an F and M, and you find somebody's got a ponder in their in their deck, and you find out like round two, you know, you don't go back and give round the round one guy the win. Uh, you just fix the guy, the the deck with the the ponder in it, and play on. So I'd probably I'd I'd probably spend a little bit of time trying to smooth over the rustle the ruffled feathers and explain. But the focus on regular events really is education and fun, and and not you know penalties and infractions and stuff like that. So. Agreed. Yeah, that's how I'd handle it too. Yep. So. Let's move oh, on. and Judge and Judge Cast North answered this too, because yeah. he he did to both. What they say? What they say? If you discover an error like this between games or matches, then it's too late to fix it for any completed games. As long as it's unintentional, yeah, then we thing. just fix the deck. Yeah. I, good, I think, good on them. They were two. The hours, they were two hours later though. Always behind. Yeah, I know. You wrote it's, a lot. They're on, they're on Canada time. Uh Super Canadian time. So our next question comes from Lyle Alfred. Just to jump straight into his his, his question, he has an Avatar of Woe. The guy to the left him enchants it with Lignify. So Avatar, what Avatar Woe does isn't too important to this, but Lignify says enchant creature, enchanted creature is a 0-4 tree folk with no abilities. The question is, the next guy wants to clone that Avatar of Woe. Whoa. Does he get a 0-4 tree folk, or is he going to get a brand new Avatar of Woe? Raven, please tell us. What's going on here? What's the question? <laughs> Raven Fox. He's, he's got an avatar. Dude's got an avatar of woe with a lignify on it. Uh-huh. Guy wants to clone the avatar of woe. Does he get? Does he get an avatar of Joey Lawrence, or does he get a tree folk? I get it. <laughs> he gets an avatar. Doesn't he? He gets the Joey Lawrence, doesn't he? He can yeah. get the Joey, Joey Lawrence. Lawrence is awesome. Yep. Whoa. He gets Whoa. just a fresh old fresh avatar joy or, and that and that's copies because the car, bro. copies well, the car straight up. Yeah, and not the abilities of the card, I guess. Yeah. So you, just, you apply the layers. You go through the layers. Copy layer applies first. 
and then you go through all the other layers, and then it's in the other layers, that's when you remove all ability, or you change it to a tree folk, remove all of its abilities, set its power and toughness. When you start off with copy, you pretty much almost always, always, always get what's printed on the card. True. Yeah, I don't think it has much to do with layers, though. I think that's a little misleading. It's just true. The co- the, char- the uh, copyable characteristics. It's hey, man, if we made copy the last layer, uh, you'd be it getting a zero four tree folk. No, it wouldn't change the answer. The copyable characteristics are still what's printed on the card. If copy was the last, if copy, if like copy was layer seven and everything else shifted up one, you'd be you'd be changing the copyable character. You you, you would have you'd be getting the tree folk. It's true. Nerd fight. Well. The re- the reason we say copy the copyable characteristics is because it's you know it's because that's the way the game works and that's the yes. first thing that you do. You copy at all times. All right. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Nerd fight. I want to read this next one from Carter Clayton. And all he said was best episode so far. Good job, guys. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Carter. You're the best, Carter. I, like I love that, that question. I love those questions. Those questions is the best. Oh my. What is this one? guy wrote so much. Sorry, Raven, we're not letting you in on the uh, the mail. Did you it's read? okay. No one even answered this one. This is... I answered it. You did? Well, yeah. then you can answer this one, too, because that's a, that's a... I tell you right now, this email says TL semicolon DR. <laughs> well, it's from Eric Crump. That's the one you're looking at? It is, yeah. Alright, so I'll just read the beginning part of it. So at the start of the round, they got pairings. Thanks for the show. Thanks for the show. Thanks for the show. End of question. I'll read it, and you can answer. I was deep in a 1K... I was deep in a 1K sealed event at the Indy GP and doing well. So deep. <laughs> at the end of a round, we got our... <laughs> at the... Damn you, Raven. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> at, at the end of a round, we got our pairings, and I found my seat. I got my playmat, dice, and deck out and began shuffling. My opponent found his seat across from me. A young judge immediately approached him and notified him that he had a game loss due to not being in his seat by the time the round was announced to start. Young judge, take a look at your life. Not as funny. Uh, The player disagreed with the judge about when he was actually seated. The judge looked at me and asked me whether or not he was there. I had several issues with the situation. First, my opponent sat down in what I still felt was a timely manner. I was quite surprised by the judge. Secondly, the judge didn't stay firm with his decision and let the player uh, and let the player sway him. Aww. Lastly, I felt that asking me to determine if he actually sat down in relation to the announcement was inappropriate. He saw the player; he should know. Getting me involved only made the situation more unpleasant. So, I really. I think that's enough. We yeah. don't have to read the whole thing. Why? Well, okay. He was just complaining after that point, right? Oh, I don't. No, I think he's more. He's more trying to justify. Uh, he's yeah. basically saying why it was unpleasant for him. Oh yeah, complaining. So the thing right. is, I don't have a good he's answer, a, man. He wasn't complaining. No, no, he was. He was. He was venting. Venting. Well, yeah, rabble. We'll say venting. Venting on Rabble, rabble, rabble. All right. Appreciate the email. I mean, I guess. I guess it comes to an issue of uh, confidence, you know. Yeah. Confidence is a big, I guess, hiccup when it comes to new or unexperienced ju- judges, or even shy ones. So, 
it's not uncommon, I guess, for a judge to not seem confident in his ruling, especially well, if this is a close to first event. One thing is, I don't see it as unreasonable to ask yeah. guys sitting around to be like, hey, was this guy here? Was this guy actually here? Uh, but that being said, for tardiness, generally, I, you know, I'm looking around and I already know if someone's tardy or not, so it seems weird. But I, I think ultimately this is kind of a had to be there type situation. I, I don't think we can give a really good response. There's, there's also there's yeah. also this this thing that we've we've said. I don't know if you've heard this at some GPs where the tardiness policy is zero with a heart. Yeah. Have you exactly. have you heard that? Okay. Whereas we say you know round begins now. And if you're not in your seat, it's it's you're you know you're tardy. But if you see a player making a serious effort to get to his seat, like running across the floor or that kind of thing, you know, and he's only like a few seconds late, then okay, that's fine. So it's it's entire it's possible that the guy the 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 that the that the player was rushing to his seat. He was technically late, but then the judge was wrestling with the whole, you know, zero with a heart issue. Like maybe, maybe he started giving the ruling and he was like, "Hey, my head judge said this, so maybe yeah. this way." So it is, it is uh, a had to a had to be their situation. Yeah. So let's agree. Let's move on to his next question. Uh, he says, "I have a Delver Secrets. I draw my card for the turn, put it in my hand, and immediately shuffle it. Shuffling his hand, he means." Uh, within two or three seconds, I realized I could have flipped my Delver with the Vapor Snag I drew. I show my opponent my hand, and his hand is Vapor Snag, Ponder, and Jataxian Probe. Should, it, should he be allowed to flip his Delver, considering all his cards are instants or sorceries? Meaning, you know, we can be 100% sure he drew an instant or sorcery. What row was this? Ah, let's say competitive. Uh, no, I mean, no. because it has a default action on the card. Yep, and I 100% and I agree, that's what I said. Uh, it has a default action, and by putting the card into your hand, it means you chose not to reveal it. Therefore, you're not going to flip it. It doesn't matter what you know that we can prove that you drew this. You, it's like you chose not to do it. Uh, so he has one last question. It says a young player shows up to the game store where F&M is about to start. He's never played anything organized before. His friends talk him into playing. There are no judges, and you're uh, playing him first round. He presents a, a deck that is, presents a deck that is too small. You tell him he needs 60 cards. He digs some cards out of his bag to complete his deck. You notice that some of the cards are from World Wake. Summing up the player in this deck, you see that he'll be no match for you or most of the people in the store. How do you proceed? And then he gives his opinion on how to proceed from there. But basically, we have a guy. He comes in, and his deck is illegal. Beyond, in such a way that fixing it's not a really great option, you know? Just right. replacing it with basic lands. Yeah. Do you guys yes. have any opinions on this one? So I mean, I guess... If I was, I guess, a store owner in the, that capacity at a FNM, which probably the judge of the FNM would do. Yeah, he I says there's for him. He says there's I'm no probably, judge here, but in reality, there's always the at least the tournament organizer, and they are the acting judge at a minimum. Yeah. I would probably at least offer him the event deck that we have, that probably is in stock, mm-hmm. <laughs> to let him know this is a standard legal deck. Your deck is not currently legal, but et cetera, et cetera. This is good for learning, whatever. But I don't know. It's kind of tough. Well, so there's... I th- I think letting him play with an illegal deck is probably the... 
I'll say the worst of the possible options. Other yeah. Than like other than mocking him until he leaves, that's that's the worst, obviously. But the the two the two really good ones are either find him another deck that he can play. Right. Okay. Whether it's a buddy's, you know, bears and bolts, or uh, an event deck from behind the counter that you have that the store has for situations like this, or really refund his money. And, yeah. And I mean, and and explain to him and is like, hey, here's your money back. Why don't you take this money, buy some packs, some singles, something like that, get your deck up to par. But it's really not fair to the other players in the event to allow a player with a non-legal deck to, to play in the event. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Exactly what I would have done. Yeah, I agree. And I've I've had to deal with this this situation twice now where people just are playing like a dual decks. Yeah. In, yeah. In their FNMs. I only dealt with it once, but they had enough cards to put together some sort of functioning deck. Yeah. That, that was legal. Too. Uh, all right, Raven. I know you said you need to go go continue your party elsewhere. Or uh, just go home because I'm at my local gaming store right now. Oh, are you? Classy. I was. It's very classy. Are you? Are you? Are you on like your iPhone? Or no, uh... I'm on an actual computer, which is why I have to go. Ah. Oh. All right. All right, Raven. Thanks a lot for being on with us. Did you want to give out any contact information? Do you want people contacting you? <laughs> sure. You can always contact me. It's fine. Uh, first, the email. You can ch- contact me email at raven.fox.jr at gmail.com. All right. Ask one X to Fox. And Twitter. <laughs> it's, um, my Twitter is at B-I-G-F-O-X-D-A-D-D-Y-J-R. And if you didn't catch it, it's Big Fox Daddy Jr., one word, all lowercase. Is your dad's name Raven Fox? That is my dad's name. Wow. It's generational. It's generational. I can't. Is, is, is I can't. your son going to be Raven Fox the Third? I will not damn him with that name. Because <laughs> I think the Third is really corny. Oh, uh, I don't know. Maybe he can just be Junior Junior. Okay, first off, rude because I'm the Third. <laughs> but secondly, <laughs> and you are corny, sir. Secondly, I, I don't know if we'd be friends with you if your name wasn't Raven Fox. So I think I'd consider that. Like Junior is fine. The Third <laughs> is really corny. That is the point. All right. Well. Thanks again for being on with us. You may oh, now thanks for having me. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, you may now depart, and we will read these last three emails, but we'll read them sadly because because oh. you're not there. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. It doesn't okay. mean I don't love you. I, yeah, do. I do. Oh, all right. We love I'll... you, Raven Fox. Raven Fox. Raven Fox. Raven Fox. Raven Fox. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love <laughs> you. See you in Atlanta. See you in Atlanta. All right. Bye. All right. So the next one comes from Denver J. J. Yeah. Denver? I guess Jay, his name's Denver. Denver. <sighs> I wish Raven Fox was still here. Well, he I can still, still hear him. We, we still hear his... I'm still here. I gotta figure out how to get out. <laughs> Raven Fox, just click the end call button. Okay, I got it. Bye. 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 <laughs> He's still here. I'm still here. Okay, I'm out. Raven, I don't know how to mute you, otherwise I would. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I am going why to edit. Can't, why can't I quit you? <laughs> I am really going to edit like zero, zero percent of this episode. <laughs> Just coming at you raw. It is such okay. All right. Okay. So J Denver, Denver J. Denver J. Uh, Denver J. So he says he's it's like a kitchen. silent J, only from Denver. 
I like, I like this. Uh, just got back in MTG about a month ago, and my daughter and I play at the kitchen table, and we discovered that the little booklets and such don't answer every question that comes up. <laughs> Shocking. I'm worried, I'm worried that those little booklets might be from, like, Ice Age. Yeah. I don't know if they mean the new ones. Well, those new ones are even smaller. I mean, at least the old ones tried to be the comprehensive rules of the day. Oh. So first question he had was, where do you recommend we go online to get help with rules issues? And I just I directed him towards the Ask the Judge chat room, which is what we normally call MTG Rules in IRC. Uh, there's a nice little link at dcifamily.org slash askthejudge. You can hop in there. Yes. People are in there 24-7. We're it's- ready to believe you. <laughs> Second Ghostbusters joke. <laughs> What was the first? I said cats and dogs living together. Oh, right. <laughs> Tell him about the Twinkie. All right. So you had a rules question, too. So he says, what happens when an infinite reflection is cast upon a Sun Titan? And specifically, the Sun Titan enters the battlefield uh, trigger. So we have a Sun Titan. I cast any old bear or whatever. So my new bear comes in as a copy of the Sun Titan. Can I now... Does my new Sun Titan, my new Sun Titan copy, does it trigger? Can I get another creature with power or mana cost permanent with mana cost three or less out of the graveyard? Yes. Oh, all right then. And what happens when that one comes out? Can I get another one? If it's a creature, it's the burst. Oh, wait, no, it's the Sun Titan. The Sun Titan. The Sun Titan. I just wanted to say the burst. Yeah. So that's pretty sweet. Yep. And then he says, my gut tells me that the creature pulled out of the graveyard is a Sun Titan and hits the table because Infinite Reflection says they enter out of the copy. But I'm just not sure enough to play it out like that. Well, sir, your gut is right. If you're playing against your daughter, you probably just don't want to wreck her like that. Like yeah, that, like, that, that is Titan. kind of <laughs> not cool. You know, How do you feel about winning that way? Uh, That's the problem. Whenever you're at a tournament and like some eight-year-old sits across from you, you're in a no-win situation because you either beat him and then you're like, well, I just beat an eight-year-old. Or he beats you and then you just got beat by an eight-year-old. And it's sad. You, but, you got beat up by girls in high school, didn't you? No. That's, Shut that's, up. That's, that's where I'm hearing that logic from. That's <laughs> practice logic right there. Uh, <laughs> Sun Titan is a May, so if you want to go easy on your daughter, just, uh, you know, don't get them all out. Our next... Wait, didn't this guy already send us a question? With the no. blocking, blocking mistake? Yeah, he did. Doesn't matter, you can send us multiple questions. We're Judge Cast. This question is also from Eric Tremblay. So he says that he declared his attack at his opponent at an FNM with three creatures. A 2-2 Death Touch, a 2-2 Flying, and a 1-1 Token. His opponent had five creatures on the battlefield. So four of them could have blocked. He declared a 2-2 to block my 1-1 Token, and a 3-3, note a 3-3 that doesn't have Flying, to block my 2-2 Flying creature. Then I asked, are you blocking anything else? He said no. So in response to him declaring his blockers, I cast a spell to give my token plus one plus one and first strike, killing his 2-2. Then he was supposed to take two damage, but I realized his 3-3, he declares a blocker, was not flying. I told him he now had to take the four, but he wanted to change his block to the 2-2 death touch. He wants to know, was he correct in enforcing the four damage taken? The step was already passed, and his knowledge of my instant would have significantly changed his blocking declaration. So, okay, so this is at an FNM. Yeah. So we're dealing with uh, judging a regular doc, the jar. Yep. The jar. The, the, jar. Bear, the bears. The jar. And it specifically says, uh, it's got this uh, section that says, 
A player makes an in-game error not mentioned above, which this happens to be one of these. This will be the bulk of errors, and we usually leave the game as is. Fix anything that's currently illegal, up like our state-based actions. Yay. Yay, and continue the game. However, if the error was caught straight away and backing up is relatively easy, do so. So basically, the error was blocking a creature that couldn't be blocked. Yeah. Okay. So you you really either leave it as it is, okay, with the creature with the creature without flying blocking the creature with flying or rewind up to the point of blockers. So it is unfortunate that, that the guy cast an instant spell, giving his token plus one, plus one, and first strike. Right. Okay. However, this error was on the battlefield. It was visible. He had an opportunity to see the situation. So in that regard, you know, both both players share responsibility for this error. At FNM, you do have a, a, a little bit more flexibility uh, to to come up with fixes that make sense for your group, but the haha you declared an illegal blocker, therefore your block didn't happen, isn't exactly something that feels really fair to me, regardless of whether or not an, an additional spell was cast. Right, that's not something we're ever going to do. So, would you personally back up on this one? Probably. Yeah, I would. Uh, there's no probably. I mean, it's unfortunate that he got the extra information, but all we're backing up is some blocks and casting one spell it's easy yeah i mean it's yeah i don't i don't see anything in here that's really make that's giving me a a warning warning danger danger Mm -hmm. and the one thing is if we do rewind you don't have to cast the spell again that's that's one thing people may not know you don't have to do the same things again you know it's it's as if everything that happened yeah it didn't happen it just didn't happen groundhog's day so after saying all that to him, I just know if I was stuck in a I shouldn't say if I was stuck in a Groundhog's Day situation, I would end up just doing something awful, and then that would be the time where it gets unstuck, and I'm like, well, great, now I'm in prison for 90 years. Like I would, yeah. just, I would just make the drive to you and just murder you just once to be like, hey, I've done that. Oh well. <laughs> um. So <laughs> I'm not comfortable continuing this podcast anymore, CJ. Yeah, that. Is what's going to get me arrested at some point in the future? You're just going to end up murdered. And actually, uh, I'm, uh, I'm texting nine one one on my phone right now. <laughs> you could text nine one one. I don't know. All sure. Right. Just like just like you kill me in your multiples Groundhog's Day scenario. In my my scenario, I can text nine one one and have you arrested. So he had one follow up. He said after I, I explained to him why I would back up. He says it does seem unfair from him to him from his point of view. Because he gets hidden information, because the opponent gets hidden information from Eric's hand because he caused an illegal block. And he says, sounds like some loophole people could use in a tournament. The thing is, if we know people are doing this wrong, even at FNM, that's going to be a disqualification. Yeah. So so as far as it being a loophole goes, it's it's a real narrow one because I've got to do something suboptimal. Actually, I've got to do something illegal. Yep. My opponent has to then not notice it, then do something to give away additional information, then we have to, I have to quote-unquote discover it, it's probably, if you're going to cheat, it's probably more efficient just to cheat in some way that doesn't depend on your opponent. Yes. I don't know. And either way, we're going we're gonna to try and disqualify you. And by try, I mean we are. <laughs> yeah. So this final question 
from Kendall Howellman is basically the same question we've already answered. So I'll just summarize it very quickly. But at at this guy, at Kendall's FNM, he has a player who's been showing up uh, twice now with a deck that was once standard legal, but now is no longer standard legal. And his question is, how do we handle this? And uh, it's basically the same response, right? Like, uh, we could let the, we could refund their money. We could let them switch their deck if there's someone else, you know. Depends on how many cards in the deck are wrong. It's all basically the same information. Just check out that Judging at Regular document. Yup. Oh, this was the one I got extra snarky with Judge you Cast North. You slammed Judge Cast North on this one. Oh. I read that, I was just like, wow. Wow. Glad you liked the show. It's a labor of love. You see what I did there? I spelled labor with a U, just like the Canadians do. <laughs> Is that it? You going to stop reading? What? Yeah, I'm going to stop reading there. <laughs> Uh, I'm leaving that in the show for people to wonder <laughs> what you said after that. <laughs> if you want Brian to slam JudgeCast North in an email to you, you can contact us at JudgeCast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook, or like us, I guess is what the kids call it these days, at Facebook.com slash JudgeCast. And you can follow us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash JudgeCast. Brian, yes. In all seriousness, I really, I would, I would like a friendly rivalry between us and Judge Cast North. Absolutely. All my joke, all my joking around, is 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 just playing, guys. Please make another episode. Plus, then they can handle boring topics, and we can go back to just jabbery with Raven Fox. There we go. That's also that's <laughs> also very good. You guys, you guys do all the grunt work, and we'll just like sit back like the superstars we are, <laughs> superstars of the podcast world. All right, well, you have anything else you want to add before we sign off? Uh, Raven Fox, Raven Fox, Raven Fox. So for all of us here at JudgeCast, thanks for listening. I'm CJ Schrader. I keep it fair. And I'm Brian Prillman. I keep it Raven Fox. Raven Fox, Raven Fox, Raven Fox. Wait, is Scott Marshall going to GP Atlanta? He's <laughs> Judge! I thought I thought it was somebody else. Who? Me? I, no, not you. You're not good at that. No, you're right. But what <laughs> what you lack in judging ability, you make up in personality. That is true. actually that is actually true. I am absolutely infectious. Matter of fact, like this conversation right here could almost be like a little Easter egg at the end. I'm, on this on this very special episode of Judge Cast, I'm only gonna break break. Break, 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 break your heart. There you go. Break, 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 break your heart.